Welcome. I'm going to invite you to find a partner to stand with, and we'll do our, our greeting and our two or more. Someone that you're comfortable interacting with. If you're here for the first time, you can observe. Something wonderful. So I'd like you to say to that person, good morning. Thank you for being here. I see the face of God before me. You have gifts to share. You have love to share. You have potential to fulfill and power to reveal. You are a sight to behold. Blessings. And so it is. Something wonderful. Something wonderful. Now we get to sing in this very room. See, we're versatile around here. We can mix it up. So we're going to sing and say a prayer. And so what I invite you to do in this moment is just allow the energetic of what we share through song, which is really a prayer, and then move into affirmative prayer. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. And in the honoring of this moment and the, the, the sacredness and the humility and the joy and the opportunity to allow my words to be your words if you so choose. And if not, just let them wash over you. But I affirm and know in the I am that there is one life, one activity. That life is perfect. That life is God. And everywhere I look, I see the face of God. God's presence is everywhere because I choose to see this way. And so I know in that choosing that what is alive for each and every one of us this day, for myself included in this. I'm guided and directed. My next learning, my next knowing, my next deepening, whatever it may be. But I pay attention and I welcome it because there is not a spot where God is not. And so I give thanks for this beautiful teaching. I give this uh, thanks for a, a philosophy and a teaching that allows me the freedom to grow and to deepen and to learn, to purge that which is no longer required in, on my journey. And I just give thanks. I know this day is blessed beyond measure, that there are things that are happening at the deepest levels of our being that perhaps we cannot comprehend, but that we can welcome. Because the reality is we are eternal. We never die. And our soul has chosen this experience to create, to love, to laugh, to face the challenges, and to evolve. And so I'm just so grateful to know that all that and more is active, dynamic, and alive here and now. Trusting that, knowing that, and living in that, I give thanks and invite you to stay with me. And so it is. Beautiful, beautiful. So I was at my mother's uh, funeral this week. And so at the funeral, they had a rocking chair there. She was 91 years old, still working with my older brother in the, in the family liquor store. So the entire family's involved with spirit in some capacity. 
and on that uh, rocking chair was her rosary. And so at her eulogy, which I had forgotten, I had been around her so long, but you never left our house without a rosary in your pocket. And with 11 kids, she had a lot of rosaries. In fact, once in a while, as my brother said that to the eulogy, you got a broken rosary, but she said, ah, oh, that doesn't matter. At least you got a chunk of it, you know, you'll be fine. But anyway, her rosary was hanging on the chair, and I thought, you know what, Mom, I don't have one of these. You know, she and I were having the conversation, and so I grabbed that rosary and let my siblings know that the green one is mine now. And so, uh, and the other great thing about it now is, is my mom loved, she used to say to me all the time about being a minister in this tradition that she was unfamiliar with, she'd say, they're lucky to have you, which I always thought was her endorsement and approval of what I'd chosen to do with my life. And, and so what I know is she's here with us today, you know. So I'm really grateful for that, and her rosary is as well, so I'll keep it in my pocket here, as she would want me to have. So today I wanted to talk about in service to sacred activism, and I wanted to continue to marry the Science of Mind textbook, our beautiful tradition that Dr. Ernest Holmes created, and also this work called The Hope by Andrew Harvey. It says, The Hope, A Guide to Sacred Activism. And so I wanted, for the sake of our discussion today, I want to talk about three things. Uh, I want to look at Andrew Harvey's, he talks about five services, and the first service uh, is service to the divine. So I want to use service to the divine, along with chapter 12 in the Science of Mind textbook, which is the summary of affirmative prayer, spiritual mind healing, um, and, and how we can use that, utilize that in awakening to be a sacred activist upon the planet. And then Harvey uh, talks about cool practices, C-O-O-L practices. Of, uh, because much of what he offers in the book are practices based on his lifelong journey with many traditions. And so the practice at the end I'm going to share with you comes from the shamanic tradition, which is quite uh, wonderful and simple. So Harvey says in the, in the Hope, to give birth to the divine upon our beautiful earth, we must use five practices of service. He uses the image of five fingers of your hand stretching out to bless the world. So the five fingers represent one of the practices today is the, the pra- service to the divine. He writes, without constant divine help, without constant divine help, grace, illumination, and strength, no one can be a sacred activist. So this journey requires us to do our own preparation. So to turn to the divine in whatever way you imagine it and, and serve it in devotion and adoration and gratitude and praise, asking it constantly and humbly to illumine your mind with sacred wisdom, keep your heart on fire with a passion of compassion for all beings, and keep filling your body with sacred energy for whatever work it calls you to do in the world. So it's, it's to pray unceasingly. And I have to tell you, my mother who raised 11 kids over and over, we heard she prayed unceasingly, and she truly did. It was not an exaggeration. And people came up at her, her uh, visitation and would talk to me about it. I never could figure your mom out. She never complained. She was always in service to, to God as she understood God. And, of course, for her, it was, it's Jesus Christ in the traditional sense of the Catholic Church. But it worked for her. It brought her into that relationship with the divine so beautifully. So this is Harvey talking about turning to the divine, turning to something that, that, that gives you devotion in your life because it's transformative for us. Dr. Holmes wrote 90 years earlier. He wrote the Science of Mind textbook, the first edition in 1926. Actually, I think he wrote the early edition in 23. But let's use 1926, just, you know, what's three years. And in it, he wrote, in this chapter we're looking at today, spiritual man, he means men and women, but spiritual man is perfect. But his individual use of life and law enables him to cover a perfect idea with an apparently imperfect cloak. 
See, we understood our use of the law is, is completely our, 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 our role, our opportunity. And what happens with the, the, our use of it is that when we use an imperfect cloak in terms of story and history and, and wounds and all the things that can go on in life, we can cover it all with an imperfect cloak. And then we think that's who we are. So it's interesting to read the contrast in approaches, which is an indication, I believe, of what, the, what consciousness has happened over time. Holmes is focusing on the Science of Mind textbook. He's, he's focusing on a, a, an approach to practicing and utilizing affirmative prayer. While Harvey is simply saying, turn to the divine in whatever way you're called, but you must turn. Now, Holmes is a bit more specific in how we turn. But, but, but both of them are saying the same thing. To turn to the one life, to turn to that prayer. They both, both authors use the idea of oneness as their foundational piece. Holmes said it this way. He said, there's one life. That life is perfect. That life is God's life. That life is my life now. Harvey would say yes to oneness in his journey, if you read his book. But now he's, he's calling us to utilize our understanding of oneness to help transform the world. So he's drafting on Holmes' idea, but we've never been in a situation on this planet like we are now, with information, with the challenges, with the opportunities, with the competition, with the, with the going through resources upon this planet in ways like we've never done before. There are, uh, there are species that are going extinct almost daily, I understand. So we're at a point in our evolution where we're called to something, a, po- a new consciousness, a new opportunity. So how do we address that? It's interesting to read the contrast in approaches, which is that, that indication of what the, both of them are saying 90 years apart. Holmes, along with many of the great teachers who have lived amongst us, considered all of us, all of life, an individualized expression of the one. Harvey would call it in the individualized expression of the beloved. And so what Holmes and Harvey are both saying is our, our true nature is perfect. We are created in the image and likeness. Our true nature is perfect, but we need to practice in certain ways, to think in certain ways, and partner with the divine presence to remove the imperfect cloak of limiting ideas. That's our challenge. We do this to a greater or lesser degree by affirming our true nature, which is what Holmes said, the first step of affirmative prayer. There's one life, that life is God, that life is my life now. Harvey says, using wisdom, keeping your heart on fire with a passion of compassion for all beings and keep filling our body with sacred energy for whatever work is, call, is calling you to do in the world. So whatever you're called to do in the world and listening to that. He says, our true nature is perfect, but we need to practice in certain ways, think in certain ways, and partner with the divine presence to remove the imperfect cloak of limiting ideas. We do this to a greater or lesser degree by affirming our true nature, our oneness with all of life, our source. The beloved is eminent. The beloved is present now. God's presence is here now to a lesser or greater degree because of the law. See, we utilize the law. So the law that that Holmes always talks about, this thing of the law, is it, the law always says yes. That's why it's a law. It obeys us. It's our servant. So as children, did you play with silly putty? Anybody have silly putty? Remember playing, it came in a little egg, and you could take silly putty, and you could flatten it out, and you could actually copy newsprint with it. Remember that? That was a hoot. We do that a lot of times. We'd flatten out the silly putty, and we'd pull it up, and there's the newsprint. So silly putty is a great example of the law, because silly putty only responds to what we give it. If we flatten it out and we put the imprint of our hand on it and press it, it will duplicate the lines and everything in our hand. And that's all it can do is duplicate that because that's what we give it. Now, if I have warts on my hand or I have something growing on my palm, it will duplicate that as well. But that is the law. It is our servant. 
and it can only respond to what we give it. And so Holmes understood that, and Harvey understands it as well. Holmes defined affirmative prayer as a practice to lift our vibrational frequency, our consciousness, and heal any sense of separation from life. Life with a capital L, which is spirit, which is God. To consciously come home to ourselves to partner with the divine. That is co-creation, partnering with the divine in our lives. And when, when done with a calm, expectant manner, they both say the same thing in a different ways, 90 years apart. Holmes said a calm, expectant manner and conscious expectancy of reality that taps into the divine and, and the divine help, the grace, the illumination, and strength. Harvey writes about this as well. He, he talks about that the, that the infinite, the nature of the divine is one of calm and peace. We duplicate that nature. Both recommended specific, both men recommended specific practices that maximize our creative potential. Holmes wrote this, the possibility of spiritual mind healing, changing environment, controlling conditions, etc., through the power of right thinking rests entirely upon the theory that we are surrounded by a universal mind which reacts to our thoughts and always according to law. There's a law again, there's a silly putty. It is what we are immersed in. He wrote that in 1926. In the hope, Andrew Harvey wrote this in 2005, I think he's when he published the book. Harvey says he looks at our current world and he says many people think it's too late for our planet. Have you seen that? You know, the, the oceans, we're killing the oceans, we're killing the air, we're killing everything. And what he says is, we, he says people believe that we've gone too far with consumption, pollution, war, and competition. The great hope for sacred activists is through understanding the potential for humanity to become instruments of divine grace while heeding the warnings of hubris enshrined in our traditions, we can proceed with great faith and humility to become the sons of man and the daughters of heaven. Empty conduits of grace and power that can transform the world. This is our opportunity. Empty conduits of grace and a power that can transform the world because we become the opening for the grace and the power to move through. Ralph Waldo Emerson, who tremendously influenced Dr. Holmes, used to say, you must become the clean, hollow vessel. And he wrote that probably 100 years ago. So there's a key evolutionary change that is taking place upon our planet right now. And don't let this overwhelm you. These are subtle shifts that all of us can do. But it requires our de devotion and, and practice. These key evolutionary changes that take place upon our planet right now. Harvey says this, and I think this is very, very important. It is no longer sufficient to have the transcendent experience. Enough people have had the transcendent experience, an experience of oneness, of an unbroken connection. And we've all had that at times. It is equally necessary and important to realize and actualize the eminent presence of God upon our planet. God is eminent in everything. God is the source of all life, everywhere. And in the West, we think a bit more linearly, and we think of perhaps many people, I don't think too many here, but we think of God as a man on a cloud, listening and responding. It, it, it is, so it's the vibration of the Most High, our source is present in everything, and it is no longer enough to mirror back to God a reflection of God, which is what we do in the transcendent experience. I see the face of God before me. I am the face of God. So it's no longer enough to, to, to mirror that back. What we're called to do 
is to reflect our reflection of God into the world. So it's to take that experience into the world in everything that we think, do, and say to the best of our ability. This is called, this is the call of the sacred activist. We're called to this like, like never before. We are here as guardians of this planet. You and I. We are here to be human is to be made in the image and likeness of God. God created you and I to be creators. That's what it means to be human in the image and likeness. God is the cry of the baby. God is the water, it's the sun, it's the bird, it's the grass, it's eminent, it is within all. There's degrees of livingness that Judge Thomas Trower talked about. But a blade of grass is the presence of God. When Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, they said to him, Master, teach us how to pray. He said, okay, let me give you this one. In Matthew, he wrote, Our Father, who art in heaven. So it wasn't my Father, it was our Father, the universal presence who art in heaven. And heaven is not a geographic location. It is an eminent experience. And then he said, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus never said, you know what, endure and suffer here, rape the planet, gather all you can, save all you can, make sure you have this incredibly opulent, rich lifestyle despite the suffering that's going on around you, and then you're gonna, and then you're, but you're gonna earn your way into this geographic location called heaven. He never said that. He said what we are here to do is to bring heaven to earth. That's how important this planet is. That's how important the blades of grass are. And I know there are a lot of people awake in this, but one of the subtleties and very important is what Harvey talks about here. See, because we can't fight for that. We have to take a stand in the peace, which is what Holmes talked about, the peace and the passion. It takes a lot of praying and it takes a lot of spiritual practice to be able to step up into this world where there's so much chaos and fear going on and ground ourselves to understand who we are and what's going on and to take a stand and say, that doesn't represent me. I'm gonna stand over here in love. I had this opportunity, you know, John, John Bradshaw, wonderful author and therapist, said, if you think you've done your spiritual work, go home and spend a week with your family. <laughs> Which I did last week. And that's why I grabbed the rosary. But to be able to stand there in love with them, and I went and I shared that poem last week that I read uh, in, in commemoration of my mother, and I got there, I sent them the poem, and I said, you know, could I read the poem? And they said, nope, you can't read that poem. And I, I kind of expected that, and I was okay with that. I had done my forgiveness work around that. But what I realized was that in it, I got to stand next to my sister Bridget. My sister Bridget has Down syndrome. And so I got to be, I got to hold her hand and give her a hug through the whole funeral. And she just sat there, you know, she stood there with me and cried and cried. And we talked a little bit when she, it was appropriate. But I was able to presence love, and I was able to be of service, and I was able to be of service to my brothers and sisters, because I'm not there to fix them, and I'm not there to judge them. I'm there to love them. And they're going to have their own experience, and so we can't shout at one another to wake up, because we, we won't. Everyone wakes up in their own time in their own way. And so how can I participate? How can I take a, take a stand for what I think is precious and valuable and presence that in the world? Because when I'm in that, then when I, when I say is appropriate, and how I act is appropriate. It's not based on my disappointment or my heartbreak, it's, it's based on what's called for in the moment. 
So it's a simple example, but I was so grateful to, be, to have just gotten done reading Dr. Holmes and, and Andrew Harvey and to be able to take that and say, I am here as a sacred activist on behalf of this family and on behalf of my mother to honor her memory. So Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was announcing how precious and important the earth is. He, that we are not here to, ex, to exploit earth's gifts because we'll all leave here. We're all going to travel to this wonderful place called heaven, so who, care, who cares about earth? If you look back in the Old Testament, the Hebrews substituted the word heaven for the word God. Heaven is not a location, but the eminent experience. And fortunately, we can develop this through spiritual practice. We develop the eyes to see and the ears to hear. I have two more pages of this stuff that supports it, which is wonderful, but I don't have time, so I'm going to use it next week if you can be back. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, healing is not a process, but a revealing because the perfection is who we are. It's a revealing. For the revealing of the perfect man always heals. And he means women too. The revealing always heals. This is who we are. We are here to discover, grow, and master in our revealing. And as you go along in life and you, have, you bump into life and the, and the challenges, you realize how, much preci- how precious this is. How important this is. Because as John Lennon said so beautifully, the love you make is the love you take. And I know that. Ernest Holmes and Andrew Harvey echo one another again in the following. Holmes writes in a calm, expectant manner. In a calm, expectant manner. And Harvey writes the divine, all the mystics knew, is calm, serene, and blissful in its essential being. Calm, serene, blissful. The value of that is we duplicate the nature, we slide right into it. All of a sudden, we are, in, we are the eminent presence because we duplicated the nature of it. And it's hard sometimes because life, life is suffering at times, as the Buddha said. But the suffering can wake us up. I realize why. I could have gone back and fought with all my brothers and sisters and told them how wrong they are in their theology. You know, that my way is the right way. And right away, I'm contributing to the very thing I'm trying to help. Be the presence of love. And I'm so grateful I have the freedom to, to practice on my own. What a gift. Harvey writes with the cool practices. Simple meditation. Simple meditation, walking meditation, chanting and saying the name of God peacefully in our heart helps us keep calm and grounded and allows us to experience the transcendent peace of our inner divine being in the middle of the storms of our world. My mom was a great example of that. Riding around with, I don't know, half a dozen kids always in her station wagon and her head would bob every time she said the name of Jesus but her head would bob about every, I don't know, 20 seconds. She was always praying. Kept her grounded. Even when we were, we'd, be, we'd hit the ice, you know, Minnesota's got, it's just like Edmonton, you got six months of road construction and six months of bad sledding. And, and so we'd hit the ice and, we, and she would do a 360 loop and she would just keep praying and then she'd get the thing back going the right direction again. Not a word would be said. <laughs> we would all just be hanging on. The cool practices. Last week, we were invited to, to begin a gratitude journal, to write down one thing each day for 30 days to observe, honor, and bless the ordinary wonders, if you weren't with us. But that was one of the practices Harvey rep, uh, recommend, because when we tap into that, when we, we see the ordinary wonders, all of a sudden, the eminent presence of God becomes more available, because we, we start to develop the eyes to see. So this week, Harvey suggests we find a park or a piece of land that we energetically claim as our own. So I'm going to invite you to, to join me in this right now. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes, put both feet on the floor if your legs are crossed. That, helps, that, that way you share the energy, and the energy can find you. And in this, 
to use your breath to take you to that calm, expectant manner. Just let yourself settle. Feel your chest drop. It's in the twinkling of an eye. All you have to do right now is this. You're here for this. You're here to presence this, that divine presence that lives within each and every one of us, the beloved. Calling forth the beloved with your breath, with your calm, expectant manner. And allowing us to experience that, that transcendent peace of that inner divine being in the, in, the, in the middle of what might be a storm for you. If it's helpful, you could place your hand over your heart and think of something that you love. It could be a pet, it could be a parent, a friend. Whatever, whatever opens you to love, you get to pick your love. Let that feeling tone capture your being, your body, your soul, your spirit, the totality of you. And now in your mind's eye, let your brilliant memory transport you mentally to a beautiful park or a natural setting that you can claim as your own. It could be a mountaintop, it could be a park here in Edmonton, it could be your backyard, it could be a field that you played in as a child, whatever it is, whatever your mind brings to you. Just find yourself in that park. That is your park. Didn't cost you anything, but you do own it in your mind's eye. See if you can hear it and smell it and feel it. And now start to open your heart to the grass in that park. Or if it's filled with snow right now, the snow, the snowflakes, or the trees. to offer the fullness of your heart and love what is ever before you in your mind's eye. And notice what's happening with whatever you're loving. If you're loving the blades of grass or the trees or the rocks, you'll notice that all of a sudden there's an aliveness to it. This is the shamanic tradition that Andrew Harvey is honoring here. It is ancient. It was our first form of worship. It is the eminent presence of God. As you look adoringly at this it looks adoringly back at you. The blades of grass have eyes. The leaves on the trees have eyes. They have a heart and a life to them. I want you to bask for a moment of unconditional love for the gifts of life all around you. This is what sacred activists do. They bring an aliveness to the world through their consciousness. And now in this beautiful moment of resonance with the greater yet to be, I invite you to lift your vision up and call before you in your mind's eye once again the small earth gently floating and spinning at chest level before you. Just notice the white and the blue and the green and the brown and it spins gently and beautifully. It's suspended before you. And now is our opportunity to offer the fullness of our love and joy in service to a world where heaven is alive. We have come, thy kingdom come, on earth as it is in heaven. We have come to give birth to heaven on earth. Earth is precious. Earth is that playground. Despite what we've done, there's still time. And this is our call to awaken as spiritual activists, to love the planet unconditionally. So offering this beautiful planet that floats before us, our love, where an imperfect cloak is being lifted and the perfection is being revealed.
And don't you dare think that you don't count, that you don't participate in this. We need every awake and aware, loving heart to be part of this. We don't have to force this. We don't have to keep turning our awareness. We, we just simply have to keep turning our awareness to this birthing and our thought in alignment with grace and love and humility. Humility not to, to, to make ourselves victims, but to allow the presence to move through us like never before. And joy. We have come here together to do this work. We have come here together and using the beautiful work of Dr. Ernest Holmes and now Andrew Harvey, whose the baton has been passed to to use our consciousness in the most productive and powerful way possible, to give birth to the Christed consciousness within each and every one of us. We are the stewards of heaven on earth. Continue to come home to yourself. Always remember that people who are at home in the world, at home with themselves, radiate the beloved presence because that's what we are. Thank you for your taking your life energy, your unconditional love, and blessing the world. And this is something we can do anytime, anywhere. We can even change the park or the location. But thank you for your love, your spirit, your consciousness, and so it is.